Hello, you're listening to Our Walk, the podcast that speaks to real people with real stories about a real God. Each episode is split into three sections. We've got part one, where we talk about your childhood and your background and your upbringing. Part two is about the moment or moments that you met God. And part three, what has happened to your life, to you, since you met God. Now, we'd love for you, if you're listening to this, to please get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter at Our Walk Pod, Facebook, search Our Walk Podcast, and you can also email us ourwalkpod at gmail.com. I'm joined yet again this week by my co-host Luke, and this week we're speaking to Sarah. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that you are the most baby Christian we've had on this podcast so far. Yes. Do you feel like a baby? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's abundantly clear every time I go to church because <laughs> I'm still crying every week and feeling emotional. But yeah, there's healing going on. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's meant to happen. Yeah. So you. Freely admit you're a little bit nervous yes. coming on, but you have agreed to come on and yeah. speak to us. <laughs> yeah, what? I'm not being held hostage. <laughs> <You're> not... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good, good, good to get that clarification out there. Yeah. <laughs> what? So why? Why? I because I, I was interested when I messaged you. I was interested in you. Kind of said I'm nervous, but, and then you gave a good reason for coming on. Yeah, I've been having open chats with God about just doing this and if I really should, if it's the right thing to do for me and stuff. And he kind of just <laughs> he kind of just said to me, It's not about you. It's about it's about me and telling people what I've done and the miracles that I've done. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> and that's you know, that is a as I said before, this podcast, it's just absolutely brave thing to do, you know. Mm. Um, so thank you for being on our walk podcast, and you know we greatly appreciate it, don't we, Steve? We do. Yeah. Yeah. We do. I was super excited when Steve told me that he would be doing something like this. So, mm. yeah. Cool. Right. Well, without further ado, mm-hmm. should we get cracking with part one? <laughs> Sarah, would you mind telling us about your childhood? Yeah. Um, so my childhood was a really good childhood, um, loads of fun, loads of laughter, family holidays and stuff. We would have classed ourselves as Christian, but without really living the Christian values, um, and not regularly going to church or anything, but going for special occasions. Um, but my primary school was very Christian um, so I kind of had the Christian influence from school rather than my home life um, so that could be a bit conflicting sometimes but um, yeah a lot of my childhood childhood was spent in pubs with my parents drinking I was socialising with other kids their parents were drinking so there was a lot of alcohol around my childhood, but we uh, 
we still had like loads of fun times going to theatre and things like that. So. So were you were you born in Reading? Yes. Yeah, Royal Bucks. And do you have any siblings? Oh, well, I know you have siblings. <laughs> yeah, my sister, my sister Natalie, who has now got married and gone off to Canada nice. to start a new life. Really exciting. Mm. So, yeah, um, but we stay in contact, and um, yeah, it's we had a really close relationship when we were much younger. Um, just used to play about all the time and cause our parents lots of <laughs> problems as siblings do. <laughs> yeah, I think we all know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were just being kids and doing what kids do, exploring boundaries and things like that. So, um, yeah, but as I say, it was generally a really happy childhood. I don't have any really adversely bad memories from childhood. Um, me and my sister were both young carers for our mum as well, and we used to have to sort of go shopping with her and help her out. She was partially sighted and epileptic. So we had to support her with her epilepsy, support her with just day-to-day -day things, really. Was that all Getting throughout around. childhood? Like, um, from, when I was, from when I was seven, my mum okay. blind, uh, became blind. So, yeah, that was... I don't know, at the time it wasn't tough, looking back on it now. Yeah. It was actually quite tough, but at the time it just kind of happened and we just got on with it. Like, we didn't really think much of it. Um, and, yeah, there was just... It was a normal family life for us, so... Yeah. Do you think, um, it, maybe because of that age, you didn't have a clear understanding of it? That's why, at the time, you didn't really think... Yeah, it was tough, would, but now looking back, having a much more understanding of it, it was... Yeah, you know, definitely, thought, yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah, because it has had sort of a, an effect on how I socialise. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a bit nervous and a bit anxious. Um, and I remember throughout childhood, I was really nervous about leaving mum mm. and um, going to school. And I'd make all sorts of excuses to get out of school because I knew that her epilepsy was particularly bad. Um, so, and connecting with other kids because they didn't understand the situation would be quite difficult. Mm. Um, so at school I tend to keep to myself. I had about two friends um, throughout school, two definite friends throughout school, so... Mm. Um. Yeah, as a child, as most kids do, did you have any sort of hobbies and um, stuff? So, you know, with the situation with your mother, um, was there anything that you used to do? You know, was it any sort of sports or any sort of musical instruments or anything like that to sort of get away from We used to that? love going swimming. Yeah? Absolutely loved going swimming. And that was mum's bit of freedom as well, because mm. she, she knew she didn't need us. 
um, during swimming. Um, and we used to get to splash around and stuff and just be kids yeah. and play with other kids as well. So swimming was a really big thing for us mm. um, as a bit of freedom. Um, although saying that, there was one day my mum went swimming without us and she had an epileptic fit in the in the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, the lifeguards were there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, there was lots of sort of scary times in that in the school years mm. so should we shuffle along yeah. a little bit to teenage years <laughs> podcast can't show facial expressions but that was quite the facial expression <laughs> yeah so my teenage years my dad would say it was the Kevin and Perry effect of basically as soon as I turned 13 I just kind of lost all control and they lost all control of me um I was getting involved with like bad people at school um spending time drinking and just listening to heavy metal and really getting into dark stuff um, and just kind of went into self-destruct mode <laughs> throughout most of my teen years all of my teen years I'd say actually um, and was getting bullied at school because um, I suffered with anorexia um, so I because I felt like I'd lost control, <coughs> I um, tried to gain control in my weight. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so all of the bullying when I was getting changed for PE, like being poked in the ribs and... Uh, just not very nice things that that happened throughout, throughout that time. Um... And, yeah, I failed in all of my exams at school because I just couldn't concentrate because I hadn't eaten. And just, yeah, it was a very dark time, self-harming and, yeah. Was there anything in particular that kind of triggered this sudden kind of swing so obviously we have your childhood where you say things were great and you were helping your mum out yeah. and you didn't realise how tough it was to then suddenly go into as you said self-destruct mode was there yeah. anything that you think oh that was it I th- we lost we lost my auntie um, when I was about 10 or 11 uh, to suicide my mum's sister, um, and I never really got an opportunity to properly talk about it because my mum couldn't deal deal with it, mm. uh, and my auntie committed suicide saying that she was going to be with God. Um, she was always showing us scriptures in the Bible and everything 
I always remember her sitting with the Bible and taking notes and saying that she was going to be with God one day and she would meet me there and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, yeah, so when she committed suicide, my mum just kind of didn't want to talk about it. <coughs> Leading up into my teenage years, I think that kind of just made me angry. Mm. Um, yeah, because were... she kept saying to me that I was too young and I didn't understand and... I was now a teenager and all of the hormones and everything that comes with that um, and the aggressive music that I was listening to as well. Mm. It was just, it was a combination of everything just kind of came into one and I didn't really know how to cope. Mm. Um, you said that, you know, in your childhood you had some sort of understanding about um, Christianity and yeah. God. So when this comes about, you know, news of your auntie and she says, oh, I'm going to be with God, obviously it, it's not a nice thing, you know, losing a loved one. Mm -hmm. Did that raise any questions about the, like, about Christianity or God itself to you? Like, anything that you remembered? And did that lead you to sort of being a bit sort of more angry with, with stuff in life? Yeah, I'm, I remember, I remember one, one night I was particularly emotional about my auntie and I said why couldn't Jesus just come here and save her and stop her doing it mm. why couldn't he just stop her and um, my mum just couldn't answer she just couldn't she didn't know what to say because I think she also questioned that as well yeah. so it was um, yeah I, I just really remember that that time just being difficult and just I couldn't see that God could have been there mm. um, I never really questioned Christianity though I never really until I was I think I, I I turned 15 and I was hanging out in Forbury Gardens and um some people from Groveland's church used to come there because they knew that there was a lot of kids that needed mm. some help and guidance. And, uh, yeah, they um, kind of took me into, like, the youth groups and stuff and tried to guide me um, in that way. Um, and I think I did find... I think I did find God through them um, in my teenage years but there was everything else going on at the same time mm -hmm, of course and I was baptised when I was 15 um, but I don't think I really knew what, what that meant mm. uh, and when I was baptised I was kind of then left to my own devices and I don't think that was anyone's fault in particular but I didn't get the support that I think I would have needed mm. um, from the church following on from that. So, yeah, I think, like, we all kind of thought, oh, Sarah's been baptised now, it's, mm -hmm. like, God's dealt with it, it's mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything's covered, mm -hmm. and it kind of wasn't.
So we're, we're touching a little bit on part two. Yes. A little bit. But let's rewind a second, because I have one question, and Luke might have another one, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you say uh, you got kind of taken into this church and yeah. helped. Were you kind of going to church things and having this other darker yes. behaviour kind of going on at the same time? Yeah, yeah. And not being open about it with them as well. Just kind of keeping them separate. Yeah. Um, and just playing in both camps, which was just not healthy. Um, and unfortunately, the darker side won in mm. the end. And um, coming into the end of my teenage years, I was um, just drinking heavy amounts. Um, and then going on from there, uh, when I was 21, my mum passed away, and uh, yeah, I really lost my way then, mm -hmm. really lost my way. Um, I think that's understandable though. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh, the year before then, my mum and dad had separated, and uh, just everything fell apart from there. Um, and like I say, as my mum, once my mum passed away, I just kind of, I lost all direction, I lost all, I started going into spirituality, or spiritualism, and trying to get messages from her, mm. that she was still there, and I was being told all the things I wanted to hear, of course, um, but for a fee. Right, <laughs> <No>, of course. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, it was. It I just got further into darkness and just doing drugs and yeah. Mm. And was there any moment during these uh, dark times, you know, with your parents splitting up and your mother passing away? Um, was there any thought of going back to church or you know talking to people from church and stuff like that? You know, trying to. I think Makes by that point I had such a hatred for, for, actually not hatred for God, a misunderstanding about who God was. Yeah. I was just like, how can you do this to me? <laughs> how can you, how can you keep taking people away from me? Mm -hmm. um, but. That's quite the question to wrestle with. Yeah, I yeah. Think, especially at that age. And like People will go through life wrestling with those kind of questions, but for you to have so much happen to you so young, yeah, having all those questions to wrestle with so young is like... And no answers yeah. as well. And no clarity on <clears throat> where I would go from there. And all these people be, like pertaining to be my friends... Um, taking me out for drinks and stuff to get my mind off it mm. and yeah just it was yeah it was a bad direction to go down um, so I think we're going to end part one there mm. uh, when we come back we'll be talking a bit more on how you got back into sort of knowing God yeah and stuff like that. so we'll see you all back at part two mm.
Sarah, in part one, you know, we discussed about your childhood, um, having the loss of your auntie at a young age, and then um, going through teenage life, you know, th through really dark stuff, and then your parents putting up, loss of your mother, um, you know, it's a real tragedy, really, you mm -hmm. know, and stuff. So, you know, part two is all about how or the moment or moments how you sort of encountered God, yeah. got to know him. So can you tell us about that process now? Yeah, so um, 2016, early 2016, oh no, late 2015, my sister invited me to um, International Sunday mm -hmm. um, at the church and I was pregnant at the time with my son Cody and uh, all the uh, kind of African music and everything was on and I was just sat there and I hadn't at that time I hadn't felt Cody move um, and all the music was playing all the drums were going and it was the first time in that I'd felt Cody move <laughs> And that was an incredible moment. Yeah. Like International Sunday is really important for me now because it's just it always brings out that memory. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a really powerful um, experience with God. Um, and following on from there, um, I seldom visited church to support Natalie mm. um, when she was speaking or anything else that she was doing and then um, in December of 2016 I separated from my son's father um, and that was another really difficult time mm -hmm. um, but Natalie invited me to church early January um, and I think Pastor Neville was talking on love and loving yourself mm. um, and why God loves you and how God loves you I was just like well this is heavy because right <laughs> now I don't feel any love yeah. <laughs> um, and the next thing I know I'm kind of at the front <laughs> Um, in tears, on the floor, just just taking it all in, soaking it all in, and uh, yeah, that was that was an incredible, incredible service for me. And I was just like, wow, like, what am I doing here? And <laughs> who are all these people? Mm -hmm. And actually, right now, I, I I don't care. I'm just I'm loving this. I'm mm -hmm. feeling so good so would you say that was the first time you would you say that was you encountering god uh, certainly a part of god god's love mm. definitely like mm. love like i'd never known before mm. um yeah absolutely and that was that was kind of the building block for the relationship from then on um and then late January um, of the same year Christian 
and his wife Jamie uh, shared their testimony and Christian's story was so much like mine um, and just so impactful to me and my heart and where I was at with kind of everything and so again it, it, people were asked to come up to the front if um, if they were ready to give their lives to Jesus and there I was I've just found myself at the front again <laughs> and it was I don't know it would from that moment it was kind of like a, a blur that the rest of that service was just a blur I, I can't really remember anything else um, from then but it was it was a powerful service for me and Jamie's um, Christian's testimony was just it was so encouraging that he actually got up on stage and shared that yeah because I could not do that <laughs> um, and it was yeah it was incredible absolutely incredible so that was my main points of having any encounter with God like the moments that I will always hold on to wow um, so both these moments where you said you found yourself at the front being yeah. prayed for uh, was were these moments where at first you were sort of in your mind thinking oh should I go up or was it more of an impulse and you just went with that and then went to the front for prayer yeah it was like, it was like someone had dragged me up there right. <laughs> <laughs> without actually physically having anyone drag me up there yeah. so it was because that is completely out of character for me yeah I wouldn't of I'm normally as kind of sit in the background yeah. watch everyone else mm -hmm. and take all that in but for me to actually be like right yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm here yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that was a different experience for me it's making me shake just <laughs> thinking about it <laughs> I think yeah. I love about that is um, it was Christian's testimony that really got you and yeah. kind of opened the doorway for God to impact you and yeah. I I mean we were saying during the break that I think this you know your story will yeah. do the same thing for oh, other people yeah, I really you, know, hope so, yeah. you were saying you can't get on stage I mean never say never but <laughs> if you can't at the moment then this might help whoever yes. listens so yes. yeah I so would you say during those two moments that's when God became like real to you yes yeah as I say I'd never felt love like that um and it just I was like I've always I've always known there was something else there mm -hmm. but I couldn't ever sort of put my finger on what it was mm. and now and then I would get those sorts of feelings and I just like kind of label it as mum being there and being there for me and stuff and giving me those buzzy feelings but that um, that strong buzzy feeling that I got that day from um, <laughs> from the uh, the love talk was just 
I was like, okay, there is there is definitely something, and this is God. Mm-hmm. This is God talking to me. So can I ask when during the so that that was January, wasn't it? Both that was January, talks. yeah, yeah. So, um, were you still involved in these dark things that you said you kind of did in your teenage years? Was there some of that still going on? Um, there was there was social drinking, but because of my son, it was only when I didn't have him. Mm. But it wasn't like drinking to excess to the point where I was like falling over and not knowing what I was doing. Like I was during my teenage years, yeah, and early twenties. But um, yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't so much that that was dark. It was the relationship with my son's father okay. that was particularly dark. Um, emotional abuse, financial abuse, lying, like constant lying, mm. um, and I was just kind of so damaged from that, <laughs> mm. um, and. Yeah, it was it was rough and then we started going through court as well over custody of, of Cody and that started in January as well. Mm-hmm. So um kind of having not only my sister's support throughout that but yeah. everyone that I met in church as well. Yeah. Um God, like I had someone to talk to mm-hmm. that <clears throat> didn't judge me and um, gave me the clear responses that I needed. And whenever, whenever I prayed in that in that time, it's like he almost knew my impatient, like how impatient I was, <laughs> because I almost instantly got answers. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was a powerful time, and I've I've said that since then he definitely fast-tracked me Mm. (laughs) well talking about since then yeah let's take a break let's move into part three and let's see what's happened to you since you met god and he became real to you yes so sarah you um had these two sort of defining moments which you believe are the sort of foundations of your faith you know um one talk about talking about love and loving ourselves and then listening to christian's testimony mm-hmm. um so from there you know you've built your relationship with god up you know um what's sort of changed in your life since then you know what can you see like what differences can you see looking back at your old life to how you are living now um so for me i'm just so much more aware of um wanting to be part of community mm. um and wanting to try and help people uh and being supportive because the church has given me so much support mm-hmm. um and i've kind of seen that as a real importance now um and also seeing the stuff that's going on in the news is just making it so abundantly clear that support is needed. Yeah. Um, so God's been kind of working that in my heart and pointing me in directions where I could possibly help, even in a small way. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's just he's just found 
the compassionate part of my heart and has really kind of tapped into that. And I'm kind of not feeling guilty for leaving behind, at the moment, not feeling guilty for leaving behind people that were quite harming to me. Yeah. Um, whereas I think the old me kind of stuck with them because I didn't want to feel the guilt of leaving them behind. Um, and I think that's kind of where the downfall happened with the previous baptism and everything. Um, so I think God's just kind of been dealing with that for me as well. I've been um, going to counselling regularly um, with Heather at the church and that has really helped, really helped just having someone who's got a close relationship with God to talk to mm. with no judgement um, and like this chat here it's just a cup of coffee and having a chat mm -hmm. and then praying at the end of it and it just it's so powerful and I've just seen so much light um, and anything that kind of has been in in the darkness, I've been able to let out into the light just by talking to Heather. Wow. Um, so there's nothing really in hiding mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this time round, and yeah, that's made all the difference. All the difference, even just speaking to one person, and also my cell group leader, Jill. Um, has been incredibly supportive mm. and always there for me whenever I need her, even just at the end of the phone and just yeah, I've I've just been sort of protected mm. and it's all God's doing. He's just put the right people there at the right time um, and picked me up and kept me going so mm. yeah I've been really grateful so can I ask when you you're saying moving things out of the dark and into the light what what has that done like what has God been doing by you moving that stuff into the light what kind of things have happened <sighs> there's no I don't feel I don't feel guilt for things happening anymore mm. that have happened in the past um, I don't feel anger towards myself for those things happening. I don't feel anger towards the people that have done those things. Like It's given me forgiveness. Mm. Um, so... <clears throat> just relationships have started really growing now. Um, like relationships with my dad mm. um, have really started growing now. And we've we see each other so regularly now, and we talk about God like we never used to do that when we were younger. Mm -hmm. um, and we have really in-depth chats about God and what He's doing for the both of us, and it's just so encouraging. So even we're bringing things into the light as well yeah. that we wouldn't have normally even spoken about. Yeah. Um, and it's because we know that 
because we're talking about it and we're praying about it that God has got it mm. and he will turn it into something good so yeah yeah that's so that's so powerful that's yeah. so good mm. um so kind of <laughs> going from really good to a little bit of a not so good but we we kind of know that in life bad times come so yes. if you're in a good place at the moment you know things are on the up how do you feel the past year or so has kind of we talked about foundations a little bit earlier mm-hmm. how do you think those have helped for when trickier times come again yeah so i have had tricky times over the past year definitely um just um with the people that have still been around me um i've now managed to kind of break away from or keep at a safe distance really Mm. still keep in contact but I've just as I say I've just been talking to people who I can trust at church um about any anything any difficulties that come up in my relationship with God or relationship with people around me and it's all kind of just being dealt with like behind the scenes without me really having to to do a lot um and as i say prayer is so powerful yeah because he hears every single one (laughs) um and now i don't so much get immediate answers but i definitely get answers um because i think he's kind of dealt with my impatience (laughs) (laughs) um so how, if someone was to ask you why do you believe in God, what would you say to them? I would explain that love, he loves me beyond any way that anyone else could ever love me. Um, and he loves you beyond anything else that anyone could ever love you. Um, and he just wants you, he wants you. <laughs> um, I, I can't put it any other way than that really because that as I say that is my building block so Sarah as we do uh, at the end of every episode we ask uh, you for what you'd like prayer for you know what would you like the people listening for me and Steve to pray for you or people you know are there any Yes, so um, my best friend, Chris, um, has been diagnosed with osteoporosis Mm -hmm. this week and I would love for people to just be praying for him that God makes sure that the medications that are given to him are correct and don't interfere with anything else with his health and that he's just kept protected throughout the whole whole diagnosis. For sure, absolutely, yeah. And we'll continue to pray for you and Cody and your dad and your yeah, sister yeah. all the way in Canada, yes. <laughs> who I'm sure one day we're going to get on this pod. I'm yeah. sure. Yes, I really, I really hope so. Probably via Skype or something. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> we're high tech like that, you see. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> I think your dad as well. It'd be great to interview. Yeah. Mm. And Christian. Mm. And Christian. All the people you've mentioned. Please. Let's get yeah. them all on. <laughs> yes, please. Please. Great. Thank you very much for sharing your testimony. That was very powerful and I'm sure whoever has listened has been really impacted and will find a lot of 
great stuff from that just for them personally so for those that are listening if you have reached this point thank you so much for listening to our walk please please the biggest thing we can ask you is to share this podcast with anyone you know that listens to podcasts because with your help we can help this podcast to reach as many people as possible and just impact more and more lives so do that and while you're doing that, please also remember that you can get in touch with Our Walk on Our Walk Pod on Twitter, Our Walk Podcast on Facebook, and you can, of course, email us and we will reply, I promise, ourwalkpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Have a fantastic week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>